Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Helley. And... Tyler Hymanson. And welcome, one and all, to a brand new episode. Yes, uh, you can email us anytime, sequelrights at gmail.com, and find all of our past episodes and our new blog at sequelrights.com. Yes, we are pulling an audible this week. You may have heard us say that we were going to talk about For the Love of Benji, but guess what, you guys? We landed an awesome interview with the composer of the brand new Benji film for Netflix. So Benji 2018. Yes, that's what we've been calling it on all the sh- our spreadsheets and Google Docs. That's right, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Benji 2018. The Benjining. <laughs> we were so lucky, actually, Eliz landed an interview with Kostas Christidis, uh, the composer on the film, and uh, we'll have an interview with him immediately after this episode for you guys. Yes, definitely listen to that. It was He's great. It was a good time. We had a really cool discussion, so you definitely want to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. So, bef- without further ado, mm-hmm. let's get into Benji 2018 and watch that 2018 trailer. You never know when you'll find someone who'll change your life. I just didn't expect she'd be this furry. Did you know this dog? He's a stray. I was trying to get him to follow us home from school. Come here. What's your name? Trash can? What are we going to do about mom? She's going to freak out. We're not going to tell her. He's just going to stay in our room for now. Hey, hey. Hey, mom. Hi, mommy. You're the best mommy of all the mommies in all the world. What'd you break? Nothing. What if we named him Michael Jordan? That's the dumbest name for a dog I've ever heard. Benjamin Franklin had a dog. What about Benji? He does look kind of like Benji. He's old and new at the same time. Woof. (laughs) (laughs) That looks super cute, right? Amazing. It is adorable. We should say up front, guys, this is kind of the first current movie that we've done. This movie came out a week ago, pretty much. And so there will be spoilers for Benji 2018. You will know what this dog is up to. So if you don't want that spoiled for you... Go ahead, skip ahead to the end of the interview. The interview has no spoilers. You can hear a lot of great stuff about about the composing of the the film. And let's just get into these Benji spoilers, because I want to talk about this dog. Spoilers! <laughs> so we should say from the top, this film is directed by Brandon Camp, who is Joe Camp's son. Joe mm-hmm. Camp was the director of all the other Adorable. original Benji movies. Keeping and, it in the family. And a Blumhouse production. Yes. yes so it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> The opening no. sequence. The dogs the, levitate and the, speak. The demonic. opening sequence is terrifying. <laughs> no, but it's not a horror movie. And like Brandon Camp even joked around about that. He said that like when Blumhouse said they were interested, he was like, "What?" Like he looked at their filmography and was like, "I don't know about this." I could I could see the connection just because like what a badass Joe Camp. Doing exactly. That independent. Like like yeah. I, I did this. I did it on my own. That's a very horror movie. Like style of doing things of what Carpenter did and Wes Craven and and it makes sense in a way. Yeah. Has Blumhouse done other like family films like this? I don't, I don't think, so. think so. Yeah, I, they I, might I, have. They, they probably have and I just don't know. Yeah, but, I'm sure um, that they have. Yeah, this is definitely one of the highest profile ones that I've seen mm-hmm. if they have. Uh and so I think that's kind of cool. Like why not also do the yeah, 
uh, tack on their low budget like money making model to family film as yeah. well. Yeah. And this movie starts with uh, an origin story. Yeah, that we never got in the past ones. Uh, and that we know of. Yes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely didn't get it in the we're Benji. Flipping the script. Benji 1974 <laughs> did yeah. not have this origin yeah. story. So it's kind of this pulpy, like, yes. like dog catcher comes, takes <laughs> Benji's mom and Benji's brothers and sisters. Yeah. And like, really and, but sad. like, 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 and it's like, it has like almost like chop socky, like whip shots of, it's like, so of, of the, the animal, uh, control, control guy. Like whipping out his like his uh, hook, yeah. and then like Benji's mom like grabs it and like tries to fight yeah. it off. No, no, no. <laughs> it's but, so sad. But then like it seems like he kicks her a little bit, but yeah. it doesn't. That's just what the sound design is. Yeah. And then he throws a net over a bunch of puppies, and then you see the most adorable dog in the world, this little puppy, come up and be like, oh, like, what's happening? It is Puppy Benji. Puppy Benji is the cutest freaking thing you have ever seen. Pudgy Benji. (laughs) It looks like a little stuffed animal. It is so cute, and he looks so sad as the animal control van is driving away, and he's like, and he, like, chases after it for a few steps, so it's clear that he's not gonna catch up. It's heartbreaking. Like, it's it's basically, like, the first ten minutes of Up, but for Benji. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If you don't feel sad I after suppose. watching the beginning of this movie, you're a monster and should just leave. And then, and then what we see is a... Benji basically turns into Forrest Gump and runs across the country <laughs> yes. and ages up. To Benji form, he goes over the, the over the course of the this Antarctic. montage. Yeah, <laughs> the prairie. It's like uh, it's like when Simba walks across the log and yeah, yeah. Matata. Yeah, yeah, we just see him getting it's like older. A and truck older. passes by and he gets older every time. Yeah, the truck goes yeah. By. it's actually a cool device. <laughs> it is like, cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he ends up uh, in New Orleans, of all places. Yes. The land of filming tax credits. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there's been a lot of uh, you know. Mal's moving about how they really wanted to make New Orleans a part of the story. Of course, no one mentioned the incredible tax credits, but that had to be sure. a part of it. Um, but no, it's really cool. I think it actually they did a really good it job. Works. It works. It works really well. Have you been to New Orleans? I have not been to New Orleans. Have you? No. Okay, so none of us have been there, but it sure seems like they really, uh, they really showed what it's like. <laughs> There's a real texture to it. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was a marching band and everything. Yeah, did anybody uh, look up Mr. Okra? No. So Mr. Okra is a, uh, a street vendor, and he's the last of the great New Orleans street vendors. He's a real guy, and he's in this oh, movie. Wow. And um, he, th- there was a short film documentary about him a couple of years ago, and he's like, iconic he's like somebody that everybody knows in new orleans and uh this is actually going to be his last appearance because he passed away on february 15th oh so r.i.p mr okra yeah but um i thought it was sort of weirdly parallel because in the other benji there was that actress who had her last performance as well so i don't know don't be a side character the benji the benji Benji curse (laughs) towards the end of your career don't yeah yeah Yeah. so so benji's here and um, or do it's a delightful send-off yeah we meet this little kid Carter, he's being bullied for not doing someone else's homework poorly enough. Yeah. And uh, we see right away that this is not going to be like the original Benji, where everything is from Benji's perspective. But, yeah. I mean, it's not, there's a lot of it that is. And so I, it didn't really bother me too much. But I don't know. It, it kind of, basically, what it does is that it has this first act to make you care about the kids and like get a family and, and, and have a sense of that. And then, for reasons that we'll get into, that gets taken away, and then it goes straight back to Benji's perspective. Yes. So it's basically there's like 
we we see we see a prologue. There's some staging, and then it gets to mm-hmm. Benji's story, uh, where the camp family wants this dog to fight crime. <laughs> By the way, the Camp family, no relation to Justin Camps, no. and no relation to Darby Camp, the young actress in this film, who yeah. uh, is the main one of the main little kids on Big Little Lies. She's like right. the one that has really edgy taste in music. She, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's she loves least... Michael Kiwanuka. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's also not of any relation to the oh, Camp family. I thought that there was maybe like a niece or something. Nope. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so Carter lures Benji out of hiding with some strawberries that he bought from, from Mr. Okra. From Mr. Okra, yeah. And it's adorable. <laughs> yeah, well, they see, like, they have this, they have this moment on the street that's pretty ridiculous of, like, like, Benji sees Carter, and then Carter sees Benji, and then, like, they, it's like, they're lovers seeing on the street for the first time, the way it's lit, and, like, there's a lot of things in this movie that are crazy, overly dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and this is one of them. It worked for me. It, everything worked for me. <laughs> uh, so we find out that these two kids have this thing where every day they go to a pawn shop and try to convince the guy to sell them back their father's watch. Yep. And uh, so that just sets it up. So later their we know why they're in the watch. Their dead father. Yeah, you you kind of find out a little more bits of information throughout, but yes, he has passed. Um, and so they go home, Benji's still following them, and they go up to their apartment, but Benji's like, how do I get up to the second floor? And then he does one of the first tricks that had me going, what? <laughs> like, in this movie, he pushes a dumpster that rolls under the fire escape and then climbs up it. <sighs> Why are you shaking your head, Justin? <laughs> uh, I feel like this movie should a little bit be called, like, Benji, Doug, Genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Benji's, Benji's like, I remember, I know how fingerprints were <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know if i'm misremembering the other film but like this movie feels a bit more with benji like magical realism where yes. he's where he's clearly has some like higher level of intelligence where he can like trick all these people and set up traps and stuff yeah yeah and then the other movie it was kind of like he was just more being a dog and not well, like well it's been 40 years dogs have evolved <laughs> and the, yeah in this in this, this movie this benji like... retains all of the, the memories yeah. of previous dogs <laughs> benji's that's that's lore it's canon benji gets all of the knowledge of all previous benji absorbs them <laughs> Okay, but at, on, in some level, too, you kind of understand that like, every movie, they have to find some way to up the ante a little bit, yeah, so I, I, I thought it was plausible. I mean, if the dumpster was empty, it could be pushed by Well, the yeah, but so then he the figures out how to use he, a key. Yeah, and just, well, that, yeah that's... There's I mean, lots of stuff in this film where you're like, okay, I don't, I don't think he would have known to do that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... <laughs> there's there's one point where he... Where he it's like, oh, yeah... That dog has a better sense of smell than me. Yes. I need to yeah, bribe him. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like, okay, I don't know if he I don't know if he'd be able to figure all that stuff out. Okay, so so It's not like, you know, like in the first movie when Benji's like trapped in the police office, it's not right. like he looks at the he looks at the thing and goes, Oh, there's a speaker and a microphone here. I'm gonna turn on the switch. I guess so. He like does it on accident, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. It's like this is more like he has the knowledge to move the garbage can. So <laughs> yeah, but you don't know what up. he's been through while he was walking on that freeway for five years it or whatever. Like he was walking a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. As 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 the, a detective gets brought into this movie, other things happen. But there's a point where somebody says that dog's not following protocol. 
He's following his heart. That was the best line of the movie by far. And so Justin, he's just following his heart. I know. That's that's know. you could have superpowers as well God. if you weren't just so if cold just and dead inside. I can't believe you're so jaded. God, how can you I not love this? Uh, no, I didn't think the movie was bad. I just no, I I I, I, I didn't I, like I, the magical realism as much. Yes. There's and, no magical realism. He's just smarter. No, and then uh, also <laughs> I, I didn't think the dog realism. was ex- as expressive as previous. Oh. No, he's not. So that's another issue I have. But oh my god, you guys are! I didn't assholes. hate the movie. <laughs> I just was like, I don't want to see all these clearly fake setup tricks for him to do. I don't. Know. But he actually did them. It's not like it was CGI. I know, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just like the. I liked the first movie how it was like this is a real dog doing real dog stuff. This is not a real dog doing real dog stuff in this movie. Well, but it is a real dog. Not, yeah, but neither this, neither is the second one. But the way one. it's presented in the film, like he would not this a dog would not just be doing this shit in real life. I guess. Like, like this, what dogs this, do you know that do this, that? Service <laughs> dogs? This this what? movie service dogs? This movie like that, no. builds on the fantasy of like every kid where it's like my dog is my best friend. He's smart. If yeah. I was in trouble, he would come and save me. Right. Because that's what this dog does. This dog is better than a police force, better than a mom. This dog knows everything about everything. I'm just saying in the terms of the uh, premise of the original Benji yeah. and you know what that movie was about, this movie is not that. No. For me. But <laughs> in a throwback to the original Benji. So we, 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 we get... These kids, they want to keep Benji. Same same type of deal. The mom, uh, they actually have a good, like, single mom type character where... Nikki from Lost. Yes. <laughs> Buried alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and she's uh, drives an ambulance, like, single mom, and she's like, we don't have to... I can't, like, take... You guys can't take care of the dog. It's a lot of work. We can't have the dog. Like, she's saying it for very practical reasons of why they can't have this dog. Um, and then the kids get, are super mean to her. Like, the kids are little shits to her. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, there's this scene where she's like, I'm gonna call the pound. And they're like, they're gonna kill him. And she's she like, doesn't say that the kid, you're making it sound yeah. like she said no, that. No, no, no. The yeah. kid says that in response. So, so yeah. what his response is, is to walk out into the rainiest alley. Yeah. That you've ever seen. To, to like, Benji, just leave. Like, they're my mom's gonna kill you. Yeah. We skipped over another scene, uh. Uh, with yeah. Benji doing crazy shit where he yes. uh, hears, overhears the mom talking to herself mm-hmm. or talking to the picture of her dead husband or whatever. Right. And she goes to sleep and he goes into the room and he covers her up with a blanket, turns the light off, <laughs> reads her a story, <laughs> and then cooks breakfast in the morning. Okay, half of those things that. were fake. Just so you, don't, just Which so you ones know that fake? Justin's <laughs> continuing to be a jerk. Okay, like Which ones were, were fake? fake? I don't know. So you're on the mom's side? Like you didn't you like sympathized with her more than the kids? Uh, I think that the kids said some like what like there were some things that they that she was just trying to be practical about it yeah. and like they're like you hate us and like you're terrible like the one point where, where the, the daughter says in this movie she's like I think mom went away as soon as dad got sick and sometimes I miss her more <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was messed up. I guess, but it's just the truth, and they don't say that to her. They say that separately, well, and she sees a recording p- of it okay. later. So, so spoiler alert, and a throwback to the original Benji, Benji these kids get kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, and so at one point she sees them like she gets a like a cell phone like she's trying to find the kids. When she gets the cell phone video of them when they first meet Benji, and they're just talking shit about her. <laughs> like, oh, mom hates fun. She never let us have this dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why you guys think that's funny. <laughs> like, I, I, I had like no sense that any of that was funny at all. Uh, I don't know. Ugh, all right. <laughs> uh, so, so yes. Uh, Benji gets put out into the rain. He's not uh, not welcome in the house. Uh, the boy is incredibly upset uh, about this because he really wants the dog. He wants the friendship. And you can tell that these kids need that. He does the whole, like, life. get out of here, Benji. Yeah. And then he goes, I love you, Benji. <laughs> I did think it was like, they have to take him out in the ra- like right now while it's pouring rain. Because well, yeah. he didn't want the rain. mom to take him to the pound. Yeah. yeah. So. And it was it was like he took him out into like a 19, like it was a noir alley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty sad, though. Benji was like, it was, but why? <laughs> it was the saddest. Uh, yeah, so we kind of, I jumped the gun here with this kidnapping, but the kids go back to the pawn shop and uh, the guy's like, I sold the watch. Get out. But he's really trying to help them. (laughs) He's being robbed. (laughs) He's being robbed, and uh, through the guys are wearing masks, and the kids see their face, and then so they had to be they they got to be kidnapped by a guy who looks like Draco Malfoy. I know. (laughs) How dare you insult Draco Malfoy? (laughs) I was watching the beginning of this movie with some friends, and they were all like, "Whoa! I thought that was going to be Tom Felton underneath there." Ugh, how dare you? Tom Felton is beautiful. Anyway. I, I, I totally thought it was Tom Felton. <laughs> yeah, like, for the, like, like, the first five minutes Everyone I saw that him. I was watching. Just because he has blonde hair? Anybody can have blonde hair. Yeah, he's got the same body type. Yes. <laughs> I look at Tom Felton's body a lot. But we, <laughs> but we do get uh, a fun surprise with the other... Um, kidnapper? Brother, other kidnapper. He is, I don't know the actor's name. Angus Sampson. Angus Sampson uh, from Fargo Season 2 and the Insidious films. Yeah. Uh, I believe Blumhouse movies. Yeah. Uh, Blumhouse staple, great actor. Really happy to see him in yeah. this movie. He's doing a fun uh, uh, New Orleans yep. accent. Yep. <laughs> He's like the brother that's being pushed around by the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, he's like, he's like and multiple times in the movie, he's like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. why are we taking these kids? Like, he's, it's a good, it's a hard role, but he pulls it off. It's great. Yeah, and these robbers, I think, are scarier than the kidnappers in the original Benji, right. and they're definitely oh, yeah. more, like, gritty and realistic. Like, there's not, like, yeah, the ones, there's a little bit of a good cop, bad cop thing happening, but they're both bad. There's not one of them is like bumbly yeah. and like jokey like that guy who thought ghosts were real in the first Benji was. Like <laughs> yeah. these guys are serious. These kids are in real danger. One of them is bumbly in that he gets trapped in a barn by a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, but yep. it's not like comedic. the other one's bumbly in yeah. that he gets trapped in a bus by a, a dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of traps. Yeah. Uh, they also have a Rottweiler that's on their side. That gets trapped evil, in a tube. An, e- <laughs> an evil Rottweiler with a milky eye. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I, I don't know if they like... If there's So, one thing that it seems to maintain from the other Benji movies is that Benji can talk to dogs. Yes. There is a dog language. Yep. And uh, this Rottweiler gets subdued at some point, which I'm not quite sure... 
Just because the other dog is bigger, right? But then he, like, turns on his master. Okay, like, you're not explaining. <laughs> okay, so Benji <laughs> enlists the help of this stray dog, dog that is very yeah. large and mo- like, muddy. Throw back to the first two movies, right? He, find, he, meets, he meets a trash dog. Mm-hmm. Yes, he and, typically and for, has a, another dog that and then had And then, then had a trash dog in Greece that helped him fight crime. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. Um. So that dog, they they tricked the Rottweiler into falling into the water, yep. but then that big mutt steps on the Rottweiler's neck, <laughs> and I was like, it's like Chuck Norris. Like, yeah. he steps on its neck, and that's like a sign of you know <laughs> He's like, superiority. Stop it. Yeah. No. And then the Rottweiler <laughs> after that listens to them. So you know, I mean, they did a thing to dog, like dog communication. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a thing. We that don't makes know. More sense. There's there's a detective that shows up in this movie that Benji is a better police officer than he is. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I like that. Um, you know, there's lots of parallels to the original film. Here. There is like, uh, when the kids get kidnapped, they drive off uh, and race to this like dilapidated building that looks like Benji's original house. Yeah, and if you look, there's even like a little can. There's yeah. like a little can of pudding or whatever, yep. you know, like on the floor there, which I thought was great. Yeah. Uh, we also, in a lot of interviews, Brandon Camp has talked about how influenced he is by E.T., which I think is pretty apparent. You've got like yes. the he's uh, follow, yeah. Benji's following the trail of strawberries instead of Reese's Pieces, and there's even like a super obvious nod yeah. where Benji is like in a bunch of stuffed animals, like you know, trying to fit <laughs> H- in. hiding from the mom. Yeah, because, uh, <laughs> they're not allowed to have them. I believe it is the poster frame for Netflix. Oh, totally. uh, okay. Yeah. I like it when um, when the mom discovers. Benji with the boy. He goes, it's not, it's not a real dog. It's a stuffed animal. An animatronic one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's great. <laughs> I wish she had believed that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we get, uh, so the kids are kidnapped. We get um, another scene where, you know, like in the first film where Benji runs back to the to the family to try to like, uh-huh. you know, yep. But Benji makes a over. smart call. He steals evidence from the crime scene yep. and then makes the police chase him to get it back. And he That's chased right. them to the house that they they had taken the kids to. And these criminals are smart enough to have already left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did like that there was like, you know, there were these parallels, but then they also turned stuff on their head. Like, yeah. The kids got kidnapped immediately. Yeah. And they moved to a different location. It's, yeah, yeah. The kids get kidnapped like 40 minutes in, which is yep. what, much earlier than I had expected. Which is the thing yeah. they were talking about. Like, they set up the kids. They make you care about them. They actually give them a pretty compelling backstory. And then they get kidnapped. And then it's basically Benji's perspective. Where people are people are like, what? Like, what's he doing? Like, yeah. he's, he's <laughs> yeah. trying to so say the, something? The mom and the detective are super mean to Benji because there's nothing at the house when they get there. And right. Benji's still trying to tell them, like, look at this pudding can on this hatch and look at this tarp and look at, you know, he's trying yeah. to tell them all these things and they're like, go away, Benji. I never want to see you again. Like, you wasted our time. The like, yeah, they're, they're yelling at him as if he, like, they're yelling at him as if he's a human being because, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, fair, it's one of those things where he's she's been more acting like a human being. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's one of those things where she's more frustrated with herself and that she took the time to follow the dog for an hour instead of looking <laughs> for the kids. Yeah. Um. So then Benji goes back to the shop. Uh. No, this is before, after that. Sorry, at some point, as Tyler uh, referenced, Benji does save the shop owner by uh, using a skeleton key in a door and uh, and, then and, the, and, the, and the shop owner, you can just hear his voice over from behind so the funny. thing. Yeah. He's just like, oh, come on, puppy. Come on, got this, you got this. Come on, puppy. Oh, save me, puppy. Come on, doggy. 
I did think that was really funny. It was, it was pretty funny. They're just like, just vamp, vamp. He's still trying. <laughs> He's trying to unlock it. No, he'll, he'll get it next time. Oh, vamp, come on, vamping, puppet. <laughs> so like we've seen before, Benji gets really depressed after the mom sends him away. And he's just kind of like giving up all hope. And then somehow he just gets a brilliant idea. Like, I know. Trash dog. Yeah. <laughs> So the trash dog has a much bigger nose and therefore is probably a better tracker. So he takes the he lures the trash I don't dog. Think that's how it works? I mean, at I all. think there are some dogs that are better than others. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the other movie used the Doberman. We made the comment. I was like, I don't think Dobermans are good at this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, who knows if this whatever that dog is is yeah. good? But I mean, it's a lot bigger than Benji. So sure. takes he lures it to the house with a hot dog, and then um, they open. They find like this trap door that leads to an attic. This is the most Scooby Doo Benji that we've watched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, I mean, it takes place in New Orleans, Louisiana, and as we all know from True Detective season one, all of Louisiana has a scary set of tons tunnels underneath it yeah Yeah. and uh you know like (laughs) the robbers have taken the children (laughs) the robbers have taken the children to carcosa (laughs) the whole movie they're just like we just need to get up river we're gonna go up river yeah and we're gonna go through these tunnels and then we're gonna escape up river yeah (laughs) so benji and mutt dog who never really gets a name they chase the children to the docks and eventually mom and detective follow and um Eventually, we get a big confrontation at the docks. Basically, the fatter, dumber brother has decided that he's going to take the money and the kids and ditch the mean brother um, on shore. And then... uh, And they hire the worst... (laughs) The worst boat captain. The worst worst river captain ever. He hears sirens and he's like, oh, fuck. And then then guns it. But they have not... Detached from the dock. (laughs) Rookie mistake. And then everyone falls over, and nobody says, Are you an idiot? It was so funny when they did that. And then then there's a whole set piece where Benji tightrope walks across the the rope that's still attached to the dock, and Bear Gerhardt is trying to, like, (laughs) harpoon him with a harpoon. (laughs) It was horrifying. Um, But so at some point. Benji jumps on the guy holding the harpoon, and the guy, like, slaps him across the boat, and he hits the wall of the boat in a horrifying... This is even worse than when Tiffany yeah, got kicked. Yeah. Benji hits the steel wall and falls to the ground. It looks like he's totally dead, and it's horrifying. <laughs> but um, this uh, somehow... Oh, the kids hit the robber over the head with a um, fire extinguisher. The boat captain. Oh, the boat captain. Yeah. Yeah, and then they get away from the guy. Because Benji yeah. knocked the robber into the Into the, into the water. Right, yeah. right. Okay. So, yeah, at that point, uh, the, the cop, kids are saved. The cop got Draco. Yeah. Yes, the cop got the other guy with the help of the two bigger dogs. That's right. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> the Doberman turns on Draco, and then they corner him, and the cop's there to, like, throw him against the wall, read him his rights. Captured. So yeah, uh, everything's good except Benji is dead, and uh, <laughs> um, so right is, the like, 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 it's, 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 it, like it fades to white, and it's like all dogs do go to heaven. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. The, the kids bring Benji out into the grass, and the mom and the kids are crying over Benji's dead body. It's so horrible. But then, of course, Benji's eyes flicker, and he's alive. Yeah, he's been reincarnated. With all knowledge of former Benjis. He knows I guns have. are bad. <laughs> yeah. He knows how DNA works. <laughs> so uh, they're happy, and the mom says, of course, we can keep him now. And uh, we find out the mutt's a girl, and yeah. And do they feel love? 
Do they fall in love? Do they feel love, though? They feel, oh, they do feel love. <laughs> they do feel love. So I, we I get just a final... all over your show. I was like, do they feel love? A final little <laughs> montage with the amazing theme song from the original Benji, I Feel Love, and we see Benji and mutt dog basically rolling around in the grass and so i was like are Frolicking. they implying that they're in love now like I, I got the feeling that that was a female dog and then they're yeah like, uh, but like what about tiffany there is no tiffany, tiffany. dead this is a no. re- this is a straight up reboot yeah but what about the sequel where tiffany comes sad no well I, maybe I that'll will, be the storyline i will for say as, as, as much as much as justin and i were talking about like how this movie was a little ridiculous and a little over the top the opening sequence of this movie made me tear up <laughs> it was so like scary. like when when they they had that and i think a lot of that the music of that helped yeah i mean like, like the music of this is great and like there's like as a kid's movie like we're talking about it compared to the other benji movies where the other benji movies there's a real there's an art film feel right. to them, like right. like where there there is we Justin and I watched the second one where we didn't understand Greek because Benji would not be able to understand that. Yep. And so like <laughs> like that those are the choices that we made, and so going straight to this is different. That being said, for 2018 and a animal friendly, family friendly movie, uh, I think that there's a lot that's great about this movie. Yeah, I like think the dog lot, doesn't yeah. talk. Yes. Like, there, there's there's a lot of things that, that it does feel Scooby-Doo, and it does feel classic, and there's a ton of throwbacks. Like like you said, there's things that reference the original and then kind of turn it on its head, and there's a, there's a lot of love in how this just came together and, and, and how it's presented. Yeah, and it's great because there's no CGI mouth moving. There's no uh, voiceover. It's just the dog doing dog things, mm-hmm. even though Justin doesn't think that. And um, My dog tucks me in every night. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Um, so, I mean, was the, uh, that opening scene the only time that you felt any emotion or teared up? Not in at your the, life? Not at the end, <laughs> when, when Benji hit the wall or when the kid had to leave him in the rain? Like, nah. Oh my god. The kid, the kid in the rain was, like, Good. the most, like, hot topic emo, <laughs> like, frame. I was like, I was like, this is the little much. You guys are yeah, monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Also, the fact that they were like, I love you, Benji, after yeah. they knew him for like a day. Hey. Also, um... <laughs> Camps is so jaded about oh this. God. Like, I think it's because I didn't hate this movie, you, you guys. I, I just don't like it as much as the first one. Okay. <laughs> Camps spent all day sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have some songs uh, in this movie, which is sort of something other than the one I feel love song they didn't do that in the other movie we have this I love my dog song by Cat Stevens That's, which was, that was interesting too. Uh, while they were uh, giving Benji a bath it was uh, I think it, the lyric was I love my dog as much as I love you uh, okay <laughs> yep weird <laughs> That song is. I was like, this is a real song. They, yeah. they, it was one Cat thing that, 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 that they did allude to was like Benji came in. They're like, oh, he's a stray. Oh, he smells terrible. Like we need to give it like, and like it was like the ostensibly that's the first bath that Benji had in his life, yeah. and so that's enough to like for him to give a shit about them. Like I that that made sense to me. Yeah. Um. There's also this song, "Almost Home," that keeps coming back because Benji's almost home. It's almost yeah. home. 
Uh, he just and has then, to solve a kidnapping. <laughs> at the end <laughs> of yeah. the movie, um, we get bloopers. Yeah, did you watch through the end credits? <laughs> I didn't the credits. Bloopers. There's bloopers, man. Just one blooper, really. So basically, you get a little taste of how many times they had to do certain scenes, and we see the big mutt going for the hot dog, like six or seven times and oh either God. either taking the hot dog and immediately running away or just running like off camera or up to the camera or you know running benji running after him and it was a huge mess <laughs> and you just hear the director at the end go let's do it again <laughs> that was really funny uh i thought it was kind of cool actually that's awesome i need yeah. to revisit i just want to see more you know in these movies where they have these d- trained dogs doing crazy stuff i would just love yeah. to see more special features like that but so, what do we think of this movie overall? Do we have a rating system? Yeah. How many empty hot dog wrappers would you give this movie? I'm going to give it four out of ten. What? Ooh. What did you give the other one? Like six and seven. Oh, my gosh. This one's just not, not as good, but I didn't hate it. So, yeah. I give it four. I'm going to go five. You guys are mar- fair, heartless fair. monsters. I'm going to give it... Eight and a half. Oh, oh, oh! Yikes! I did not think it was better than the other ones. What did you give the other ones? I gave the other one an eight, the original one, which is the only one that we have Dang, released an episode so of. So you like this one better than the original for today's children? Yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Whatever today's, you like missing, you like missing an action suck. three. Okay, like because it was the best. One. <laughs> <laughs> this one you will never win an argument. I'm the kid, <laughs> I thought that the kid characters were good, and uh, you cared about them more than the kids in the original movie. Yeah, well, and they were the original movie is about Benji. So yeah, this movie is about like. A super dog genius. Super ba- super baby super genius dog. Dogs. Genius dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, that's Benji 2018. Um, please stay tuned here. We've got an exciting interview coming up with the composer, Costas uh, Christidius. A man who made me cry. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was great. And uh, in the meantime, Eliz, where can people get in touch with us? You can email us, sequelrights at gmail.com, and find all of our past episodes at sequelrights.com. I also started updating the blog on that website. So we have, uh, you know, insider looks at the Child Star check in and uh, some more in depth reviews of like the hard copy media and special features that we've been getting, and hopefully more cool uh, content. So yeah. please look at that. She's killing Absolutely. it over there. Yeah. So check Lots it out. of good stuff over there. And then twitter.com slash sequelrights, as well as sequel rights on facebook and instagram and once you're done enjoying this fantastic interview rate and review us on apple podcasts yeah so we'll uh return next week with our regular scheduled program with for the love of benji but in the meantime listen in on this interview with costas christidis the composer of benji 2018 all right, Eliz and I are here with the composer of the 2018 Benji film for Netflix, Costas Christidis. Costas, thanks for being here with us. Thank you guys for inviting me. I really enjoy, you know, being here with you. Great. Okay, so just to start out, can you tell us um, about your background and how you got started as a composer? Yeah, well, actually... You know, I studied piano and classical music since I was six years old, um, back in Thessaloniki, Greece, where I grew up. 
and um, and I did all the theory and harmonies in the conservatorium of the you know one of the conservatoriums in the city. And about when I was fourteen, um, my brother brought the soundtrack at home LP back then. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so uh, now uh, you know we say our age though. <laughs> so, so, anyways, uh, that soundtrack was Star Wars. What else? And. Um, <laughs> And then I listened to it, you know, I was like, of course, blown away. And then I started collecting soundtracks a bit, bit you know, um, and I became kind of, a, you know, obsessed with this. And uh, my, my weekly allowance was going to soundtracks, everything, <laughs> seriously. I was getting it on Friday night, Saturday morning, I was going downtown in my city to the LP stores and I was getting all the soundtracks. So, by the age of 17, I had about 15 to 1700 soundtracks. Oh, wow. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and there were, you know, a lot. So, um, I really um, got, you know, I really wanted to write music for films because, I've, you know, I, I said it's a, an orchestral sound. Back then, that was the major thing, orchestral sound. I love the music and it's something that is quite modern and people can hear it because they can hear it through the movies, you know, where the classical world was more, you know, limited, mm -hmm. you know. And um, what uh, I did, I went to England. I studied uh, there uh, at London College of Music, piano and composition. And then uh, I was very fortunate to be accepted at the USC Film Scoring course back oh. in 97, which it was, it's only 19, 20 people per year. Wow. And, I, and it, it it was, and it is, I think, the best film scoring course in the world because you have actual film composers, you know, big time composers here and from Hollywood. Uh, it's not, it's not necessarily that they're great teachers, but being there and telling you about their experience and get you in the recording sessions and stuff, this is the best thing you can have, you know, as a student. So I came here in '97 and. Um, through that course, I met Christopher Young. Christopher Young mm. is a very well-known composer in Hollywood. He did um, uh, big movies like from 80s, like Hellraiser, Hellbound. He did Species. He did uh, Spider-Man 3, Entrapment, Hurricane, uh, The Grads, The Exorcist of Family Road, Sweet November. Yeah. So anyways, in 98, when I finished school, six months after I finished school, I started working in his studio and for years, you know, uh, I became his right hand, you know, so I was like for, I worked with him about 35, 36 projects. And then I decided after a few years to start to, you know, getting detached from <laughs> him and doing my own stuff. Uh, which, of course, at the beginning was short films, and then um, uh, low-budget films, and uh, then I started getting, you know, more and more work. Um, and then what I did about 2006 that started, I looked back to my roots and I started getting films from Greece as well, because I wanted to have, like, both worlds, you know, because such a different... Uh, filmmaking in Europe uh, because of course of the culture, because of the money, because there are so many differences. But it's, a, it's at the same time, it's um, very, very um, intriguing and interesting to work all, on those kinds of films. And um, 
and then to tell you how I reached to score bench, it was yeah. in 2008. Uh, I worked with Christopher Young, uh, this composer, uh, on a film that was called Love Happens with Jennifer Aniston and Aaron Eckhart, mm -hmm. where the director was Brandon Camp, the director of Benji. Um, so um, we worked very close, you know, with uh, Brandon on this uh, project. And at the end, you know, I mean, um, of the project, I mean, it was Chris's movie, right? Chris Young's, Christopher Young's movie, you know, and I was working on the studio. Uh, but then uh, we start, um, you know, we became really good friends with the director, and he decided on the next project that he had, which was almost nine years later, that he's gonna, you know, hire me to do this. And um, it was, it was, uh, you know, I cannot <laughs> be more happy about this. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Uh, so, what what kind of was your process when you uh, started working on this film? Um, you know, did you have any affinity for the originally original Benji films? Had you seen them before? Um, yeah, I'll be very honest with you. I hadn't seen them before. I knew about Benji, yes. Um, but uh, because I had that friendship with Brandon, he was talking to me about his thoughts from the very, very beginning. I'm talking about two years before he even starts, you know, shooting. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And um, then when he started writing, you know, I thought, yeah, now it's time to see all of the Benjis, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I saw all of them, and uh, you know, it's it's as they call it actually the the family of uh, Brandon Camp. You know, his father did the original one. Yes. John yeah. Camp. Yeah. And it's called an underdog movie because <laughs> it was um, you know rejected by Hollywood. They basically they made the first one. His father made it, and Hollywood said. You know, just go back to Texas, you know, as they say the story. But he took it town by town and he was showing the film and then he became this really uh, nationwide sensation and they, they made more. Um, the process, how was the process? When we were talking about uh, the music, you know, even when he was writing, we went through so many different ideas and it was like, back and forth, it was like a pinball, you know, think about it, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, But we were always hit uh, at, uh, at our minds that we, we need to do uh, like a bridge between the old time movies, you know, the ones that we grew up with mm -hmm. and, you know, nowadays. And we decided that it's going to be a, a, a score that, um, you know, it will have orc. It will be based on orchestra, live orchestra. And it will be based on melodies. We need melodies. And, um, and uh, generally the, uh, the, the action scenes, because, you know, it's an action film. It's, it has a lot of action, you know. I can tell you. I've written so many notes, guys. You know, I think I've written more notes in one film than the rest of oh. my father. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, um, I um, and we and we said it's going to be an orchestral score. And the action scenes are going to be be based on the live orchestral stuff, not like on MIDI or loops or electronica and stuff. So yeah, that's how we you know we approach the um, essence of the score. Okay. Yeah, because uh, so yeah, going like the orchestral route is a lot different than like the original Yule Box uh, scores. Was there ever any point 
um, during the composing where you guys were looking at doing something more like that, or was it always going the orchestral route? No, we were. Yeah, that was that was that idea was like early in the process, as I told you, when we were going back and forth. Mm -hmm. What they what we would try to do is like achieving that with the songs. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie that, but yeah, there, yeah. there are like yeah, there are like three songs that the kind connect us in back into that world, you know. And um, I didn't, the songs were, were really great, you know. They, they had we had the original one, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> and uh, and there were the two more that they were written for the movie, and uh, one was written for the movie, I think. Yes. The, um, uh, and. Um, yeah, I mean, it, that was the connection with that kind of scoring, you know, the orchestral approach was connection with the period of the movies that they were, the previous ones, the 70s, 80s, mm -hmm. that was the connection. Okay. Um, just wondering, since you mentioned that you watched all the older Benji films, uh, what did you think of For the Love of Benji, since it takes place <laughs> in Greece and you're from there? <laughs> you know, Brano had talked to me about it back in the, when we were doing Love Happens. Like, you know, I've been to Athens. And I said, well, why? Because he said, well, my father did Benji. And we were scoring, you know, and we were scoring. We were filming Benji, you know. How can I not love it? You know, you see, <laughs> you see the country back then. You know, which, uh, you know, I was alive, but it's like, a, 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 um, how can I say that? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, like you take a pill and you transform back in. You know, you go through <laughs> a day and you go back in time. Okay. And, and, and now, you know, and I watched it as I told you, I watched it when I, I knew I'm gonna do the new bench. You know, and it was like. Is that dog really gonna be living today? You know, <laughs> <laughs> this dog. I know it's in my places. In the, you know, it's in in my country. You know, which is very weird. You know how they chose Greece. You know, yeah. for, you know but you know, of course, you know, okay. I, I love the character. You know, and I feel very, very um, privileged to be part of this kind of you know film history, you know, yeah. again, it's not a Star Wars movie, of course, we all know, <laughs> but, you know, but it's, 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 it's a character that, you know, most of Americans, you know, if you ask them, or even, you know, Europeans, they know it. Yeah, okay. Uh, something, that's something. Okay. Um, so what were some of the goals of the score? What did you want to accomplish? Yeah, um, the, um, when we were doing, uh, when I started, um, you know, actually scoring the movie, I was going under a lot of pressure, I have to tell you, because we were trying to find the theme. And it's funny how it works sometimes. Um, Brandon is very detailed about the score. And that was the thing that I was kind of, you know, a little nervous because I know him from the previous movie we worked with. He's very, very detailed. So, um, as I said, you know, I came up with a theme that I presented to him, he loved it, like the first idea that I had. Mm -hmm. And then I started developing it. And then we were playing with it. And it's funny, we went through a circle. We made it very long, very complicated. <laughs> then, then we started, we came back to the beginning. <laughs> no. And then we said, okay, this is, I, we better go back. I mean, he was kind of guiding me, to be honest with you, you know. And it's good that we did that. We had time, you know, we spent about 
two to three weeks on the theme, just the main theme, you know. And it was good that we did that because that gave me then the flexibility to take that theme and stretch it, make it faster, make it different orchestration. So it was a good, let's say, at the beginning, we see an intro of the movie and then we go into the main titles, which is the theme, which is a very simple theme with the guitar and the strings. And, um, and that gave me the flexibility then to play with this. Yeah. You know, to, 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 to manipulate it the way I want. And then I use it throughout uh, the film in many variations, which probably sometimes, you know, the, um, the um, audience might not get it directly, but you can, you know, somehow get it subconsciously. And I love doing that when I'm scoring a film, like to have two, three themes and use them all the time, like in a different um, ways, you know. Yeah, I, I love the, that there are parts, there are moments in the film where it almost stretches to this, like, you know, soaring superhero theme for Benji a couple times. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have the, we have the, the hero theme. Yeah, the hero theme, it's, uh, you know, first time actually, it's when he's, uh, can we say, or it's... Uh, maybe yeah, we should, oh, yeah, uh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's... it's um, as we you know, when they get, um, the, he's uh, chasing the track, mm. you know, with the kids, and that's when it's the very first time that we really bring it big and, yeah. you know, they're very epic, you know, 80s, 90s score, <laughs> yeah. way, you know. And then I use that, like, in when Benji really takes, uh, how do you say, a handle on the situation. Okay. Nice. Um, so what was kind of your favorite scene in the movie or one of your favorite themes? One of my favorite uh, scenes that I um, worked is uh, is the, the there are two. Uh, I love I love the opening and the main titles. Mm -hmm. You know, I really like it because um, I like I like the cinematography on this mm -hmm. uh, movie a lot. And it was really difficult. You know, it has to do with animals non-talking animals, <laughs> which is you know <laughs> you have to get that. From, and then that was what Brano was master on it, you know, this film, like getting like a story from non-speaking, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, creatures. And um, I love the opening. Uh, the opening reminds me so much of, you know, the 80s movies, you know, how it opens in the main titles. And it was a great thing, you know, for a composer to write a piece without some kind of restrictions. It's like uh, the main titles. But then my other favorite scene that I really, I was, let's say, I, I composed it and I said at the end, yeah, man, I just, I wanted really a long time to write a cue like that. It was the very first big action scene, mm -hmm. you know, when, you know, they go and they kidnap the kids, you know, and, uh, and Benji's chasing uh, the, the van. And uh, that's a very long scene. That's a five, I think, and a half minutes. And it goes through different, um, you know, uh, sections and emotions and emotions i mean it's an energetic scene but it allowed me to do so many different you know stuff but at the same time underlined by um um a sound that is gonna that it gave a cohesiveness and that was the most challenging thing anyways through the score and i have to say when brandon came and he listened to this that was the very first action scene i did <laughs> i was really shaking my boots guys you know, <laughs> because it's a very long scene and 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 you know 
but it was like a home run. Here, like, he gives a few details to change, and that was it, you know. And that was, that, that's my favorite, you know, like, um, scene to score. I don't know, you know, I love other action stuff that I did even later, but I don't know, maybe that was because the first one, mm-hmm. as, as you see, I talked to, I, I told you the two first scenes, the one that's more mild, thematic, like the opening, and then a big first action that it was, you know, the first action, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it turned off. <laughs> okay, so um, like you mentioned, Benji doesn't speak, and so I think the audience really depends on the score to tell them about the scene and what's going on a lot more than in a regular dialogue film. Right. So right. how did you approach that differently than other projects you've worked on? Well, um, you know, uh, first of all, when this is happening, you have a lot of a lot of more of music, you know, um, because as you said, either you have to go parallel with the scene and approach it and 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 prepare the audience for something that happened, you know, there were a lot of moments like that, or we're playing against the scene, you know, we were like would like. Um, things to, to 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 surprise the audience, you know. Um, the the main the main um, uh, thinking of on uh, my approach was that um, I I should be very careful, even though we need music, that we don't. Um, how can I say? Uh, when we say when we talk a lot and we don't say anything, how can I? How can I? You know, we don't go into blah 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 with the music. <laughs> right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Even when we have simple scenes, transitional stuff, and we put music there because sometimes you know we need to just to have something on the line. We're not just making the audience tired by listening because you know if the audience gets tired of the music, then it's gonna filter it out. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you know, it's like living next to the airport. Mm-hmm. After two weeks, you don't listen, you don't hearing the airplanes anymore. You know, yeah. you know the visitor are you bothered by this? And you go, what? Oh yeah, there's an airplane. You know, that's the same thing that happens in a lot of movies nowadays. You know, they have a lot of music and then you just don't feel anything after a bit. You know, right. so that was the approach. Yes, having more music, be ca- being careful not to, you know just saying more than we need to. And uh, and I, I, a lot of times we went with the scene, a lot of times we went against the scene. Great. Um, yes. So I saw on your Facebook that you uh, recorded the score in Slovakia. So how did that come about and what was that experience like for you? Yes, you know, uh, I have to tell you for a composer, you know, it's a very... Uh, it's a very um, so- solitude job. How can I say? But you're by yourself. You know, you're not on the set. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is on the set. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, even the editor, who's going to work by himself, and the director afterwards, he's on the set a lot of times. You know, everybody composes by himself in his studio. He's the last one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so um, I have to say, even when I was working with Chris Young. Um, in you know huge budget films like Spider-Man Three or you know the Hurricane, and you work um, hours and hours, sleepless days. You go by. This is your how do you say your cake, you know, and and you pray that there is budget 
mm-hmm. because a lot of times there's no budget, they have to produce everything in the you know computer. You pray that you have budget to record with a live orchestra, and we did. And Brandon really pushed for it uh, with Blumhouse, the the company who did the um, the production that we record um, full symphonic orchestra. Um, we, were, we recorded the score, I mean, we did something really crazy. We recorded uh, uh, 47 minutes of music in one day. Whoa. Action. <laughs> I mean, the orchestra really enjoyed it because it was very, you know, uh, happening score here. Of course, I know at the end they probably hated me because they were so tired, you know, it was exhausting. You know, but I have to say it was... Um, and I traveled just for one day to Slovakia. I left Los Angeles. I arrived there on Saturday night. On Sunday, we recorded the whole, so the whole day we were recording. I think it was like 10, 11 hours. And then on Monday, I took the plane and I came back. And why did I do that? You know, we can do that remote. I can be here and, you know, listen to the orchestra through a system, mm-hmm. a source connect, it's called, in perfect stereo and give my directions from here. But no, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be in the room. You know, we had like, uh, I think it was, for most of the sessions, it was 85 people orchestra. It's a big orchestra. That's yeah. without percussion. You know, that's only strings, woodwinds, brass. And then I think for the last four hours, we had a smaller section for the more, you know, intimate and quiet scenes. And what can I tell you? This is this is my, you know, as, as much tired as you are or, uh, you know, you, you have a lot of pressure during the recording session, you are always with a smile. You have there as many times as you do it. You know, I've done it many, many times, Steve. Every single time you, you're looking at these people, it's 85 people, it's the engineers, everything. If they play your music, you go, oh my God, you know. <laughs> I, it's like sometimes you have to keep your mind really focused so you're not just smiling and then you don't pay attention to the details, you know, it's really, uh, it's a drug, you know, I have to tell you, it's a drug, I loved it going there and and um, I, I decide from now on, even if I have like one day recording sessions, I'm just going to go, you know, to Europe, I don't care, you know, it's <laughs> such, you know, instead of being here in the room and you don't have a visual contact with the players and just, you know, through only uh, audio, try to communicate. I said, no, I'll be going there. Uh, even, you know, even the travel, it's a kind of a relaxing, young, like, period. You know, after a while, you all this pressure, you're traveling in an airplane, you cool down and then you go to the recording session. And the orchestra, fantastic. We recorded Bratislava, as you said, in Slovakia. And I've worked with them a lot of times in the past. Okay, great. Well, it turned out really great, I have to say. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, So what else about this project do you want people to know? Um, Is there an important aspect that we haven't covered yet? Well, uh, I want people to watch it, and I guarantee that that the kids will love it because as a good friend of mine, you know, just pointed out that he came to the premiere who works in the film business, and he said, well, this is a family film that hasn't been done for a long time. It's a, it's a really a story about friendship of animals and kids, that it really um, uh, resonates at the hearts of the kids, you know? And, and 
again, it's not an, it's not a speaking dog or <laughs> yeah. it's something realistic. You know, that's it. You know, there's nothing like fake mm-hmm. on it, and and it will really uh, it will be and yes, it doesn't have violence. You know, it has a little bit of controlled violence. Let's say you know, it's nothing that it will scare the kids and they won't be watching it. You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, at the same time, you know, it's a film for the adults too. I I think. You know, and that was the the the, 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 the um, purpose of Brandon Camp when he did it. That it's a film for adults, so that they see it. And a lot of people have fond memories about this character. You know, mm-hmm. and we hope that this is gonna um, uh, touch their heart again. You know, in their inner childhood, and they will watch it and they will enjoy it. You know, because uh, you know, let's be honest. You know, we we live in the in the um, in the era of numbers. You know, and you know, they will evaluate that, and if it goes well, we'll have more uh, adventures of Benji, you know, and that would be great, you know, I would love to, to, to score that dog, <laughs> which, by the way, I met the, I met Benji, the, you know, the dog, actually, in the premiere first time, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't hold myself, I was hiding it, you know, I had, I had him in my home, like, for three months, and I didn't, you know, know the dog, you yeah. know, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I hope people will, uh, you know, um, watch it and really, and I think they will like it because it's a simple, straightforward story. No, a lot of gimmicks and fake stuff, and it's it's about friendship between kids and animals. Okay, that's great. Uh, do you know if there is any plan at this point to uh, release the score, uh, make it available anywhere? Uh, yes, uh, I'm talking with uh, Netflix, who owns the right, you know, to see how we're going to do that, because I think they have a, uh, I think they, they just came out with a CD, but with the songs and other songs from the other movies, I think, it's, and we'll see how this is going to work, you know, sometimes they don't want the score to come immediately, or I don't right. know, you know, so uh, I need to figure that out, I would love to bring that score out, seriously, it's, um, um, I don't talk about my music like that, but I'm really proud about this work because it it it's um uh, it's the outcome of a really fantastic uh, um, uh, working uh, relationship with the director, you know, and I really say that you know truthfully, you know, I'm just not saying that for saying that. I love Brandon Camp and. We were really in a very, very good um, collaboration in this one. Awesome. Okay, great. So, so I'll let you know, you know, if the, when the score and if when it comes out, I'll let you know, and of course, I'll send you. Oh, oh that would thanks. Be great. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so uh, what's up next for you? Well, uh, the next thing is um, we'll see. You know, I, I'm, I in the talks about doing a TV series. You know, and I, I think it's gonna be, uh, you know, in Netflix. I don't know. Okay. Uh, and um, and uh, then I'm um, I'm a, I'm up for like two project films that uh, uh, if they happen, they will happen uh, very quickly during the summertime. Okay. And one it's a horror movie, and the other one it's um, it's a drama. Uh, uh, the as I told you, I work with uh, Greek directors, and one of these directors um, in Greece, which I worked with him in two films, uh, he's uh, very talented as well, and uh, like Brandon, and he 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 
the last two films he did in Greece, they were the biggest successes in Greece for the last 10 years. Box oh, office, yeah. you know, very, very. One of them in one of these films, um, uh, we had um, a great opportunity again, you know, to to record live and, you know, and it was, it was a great experience. And he's writing a new one now and he's about to finish it. So I think I'm going to go a little bit into European mode. <laughs> <laughs> For, for the summer, you know, and um, we'll see, you know, we're out there and handing down projects and uh, I hope, you know, we'll be very busy. Yeah. Well, thank you uh, so much, Kostas, for being here with us today. Um, it's been such a, you know, treat getting to talk to you. No, no, thank you very much, guys. I really, I, I really loved your questions and the discussion we had. Thanks. Excellent. And uh, where can people uh, follow you, keep in touch with you if they want to reach out? With yeah, my, my uh, website, which um, uh, it's going to be out like in a month, reconstruct now, it's www.costas, K-O-S-T-A-S, Christides, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-D-E-S.com. Or on uh, my Facebook um, uh, composers page, which is Costas Christides uh, Das Film Composer on Facebook. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. It's been so great talking to you. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it.